Welcome to the Yana podcast, a mental health podcast where we're going to talk about life, hear stories of strength, and get all in our feelings so we can remind you that you are not alone. Our hosts are me, Carly, and Becca. Both of us are super passionate about mental health, advocacy, education, and shattering that stigma. We love creating opportunities for young people to share their stories and experiences about navigating mental health and life in general. The content of this podcast may contain mature subject matter, such as discussions about suicide, self-harm, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual or physical violence, as well as the use of strong language. Listener discretion advised. When we left off last week, we had been talking to Kim Sands. Kim is a comedy show producer in New York City. She's also an executive producer of Bear the Film, a film that depicts depression as a bear for kids. Additionally, Kim is a huge mental health advocate who uses her social media platform to spread mental health awareness and share the story of her own journey with mental health, hospitalization, and surviving suicide loss. We'll pick up right where we left off last week. And we're back. We are back. We are. So before we took a break, we were talking with Kim um, about, uh, you know, about her story. But, uh, you know, we had been talking specifically about her friend, Mike, and everything that was involved in that. And so now I think we're going to, I want to start hearing more about when I just going to start by, I'm going to preface this by saying, um, I saw one of the reasons why I really wanted to have Kim on here was because I saw her post more recently about having been hospitalized on Instagram. And I was like, Oh my God. Well, first of all, my heart <laughs> went out to you because I'm like, Oh, being hospitalized is never super fun. But like, at the same time, I'm like, God, wow. That is so powerful that she's posting about that. Like that's so important <laughs> for people to hear about. So I want to kind of hear about how we got there. You know, I know uh, you already mentioned about going off so loft and, so yes, go ahead. <laughs> so I was sent to the psych ward three times in the okay. in in September this past September. Um, the first time, a good friend reached out to do a three one one check on me because I posted a story and I said this is really hard and I was basically crying. I don't know what she was what she I don't know if she thought I was going to kill myself or what. I think I love her to death. That was overstepping, though. She shouldn't have done that. Um, can you explain the three one one check? Uh, so basically, someone can call and say, "Can you please check on this person?" And basically, five police officers showed up to my door. Who? I was okay. I told them I was okay, and they said, "Okay, have you been on any drugs, mm-hmm. any antidepressants?" in the past year. And I said, yeah, in the past year I was taking Zoloft. And they said, okay, well, since, since you were on Zoloft, we have to take you in. And I said, take me in where I'm fine. Take me in where, and they said, we have to do a check. It's mandatory. You were on antidepressants. We have to, we have to take you in. So they took me into the psych ward for three days. Um, Mandatory hold. 
mandatory and they made sure that my blood was clean, my pee was clean, everything was clean. I was cleared, held there, it was hell. I got no help, didn't sleep for three days, went home. Hmm. Um, second time, <sighs> I invited a 21 year old girl into my apartment to live with me because I knew that she needed help and I met her in the psych ward the first time that I was there. That's on me. I thought that she really needed the help. So when she got out, I invited her over. I fed her. I clothed her. I let her live here. Um, I shared it a little bit. I told my parents about it. Um, I, they just said, okay, whatever. And passing, they're like, whatever. Um, no one really thought shit to it. Um, this girl ended up being a con artist. She told me a different name. She it was not the name that she was telling me. Um, and at one point she was telling, she was basically telling me that I had to be silent in my own apartment. I wasn't allowed to make noise. It was throwing her off. And I said, okay, then I need you to leave because I need to be able to make, I'm a producer. I need to be able to live in my apartment. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, every time I'd go grocery shopping, she would take all of the food and leave with it. And I would, and I would just, let it happen the first couple of times because I have the money. I made a lot of money off of stocks over COVID. And I was like, okay, clearly she needs it more than I do. So I let it go, but it got to be, I knew she was, I got to be to the point where I knew she was taking advantage of me and I knew she was a con artist. Mm -hmm. But because I'm alone, I didn't know who to turn to because my parents just think I'm on drugs 24 seven. I I'm a oh, deadhead. Man. I grateful dead. I do mushrooms sometimes. I Sometimes. smoke, weed. I smoke weed. Um, and so their thought process was, oh, she's just tripping. <laughs> um, I haven't seen them since July. Um, so God, so I come back to my apartment and it's trashed. Uh, stuff is broken. I freak out. I start screaming at the top of my lungs, get out of my apartment, leave. What are you doing? She's cooking salmon on, on the stove. I took it directly off the stove and I threw it down the stairs. Oh gosh. While oh, wow. building is thinking I'm crazy. I'm insane. Understandably. So I should not have freaked out the way I did. She leaves. She calls the police and she tells them that I'm trying to kill her and that I had enslaved her in my apartment for the past two weeks that's a story <laughs> so they take me back to the psych ward and they place me under mandatory observation for a week but it's over labor day and because it's over labor day there's no doctors in the house for four days so for four extra days i was in there meanwhile my parents are going on vacation to florida they can't be bothered um no, oh, yeah, she's on drugs. She needs to be in there. She's just on shrooms. She's tripping, blah, blah, blah. Oh, she God. went off, oh, off, off of Zoloft. She's off her rails. She needs to be in there. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm mentally sound. I've never been more mentally sound in my life than I am right now. And for the second time, I took everything in. Took everything in. I observed everything, but it was fucking hell in there. It was hell. I had some girl rename me Daryl. Uh, Daryl? You don't even look like a Daryl. 
she's also very aware she was in there just to get the free meals i there are people that are very smart that can get in there on purpose because they get three meals a day and they get a place to lay their heads and it's not jail. three, 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 hats, and three hats and a cot yeah yes that's in a cot oh so she tried to beat me up twice three times oh. they gave they gave her shots of Ativan to the arm. The first time, the first night I was in there, I demanded a reason to why I was there and I made noise. So they gave me a shot of Ativan in the arm. They put me to bed. Um, they give everyone pills at night, sleeping pills. Um, they gave me no medication. So I was not required to take any medication at all. Um, the... The three, the first time I was there, they made me take sleeping medication. I, I spit it out under my, I kept it under my tongue the last two nights and spit it out without them knowing because I felt really fucking weird the first night. I was completely just, just incapacitated. Oh my God. I, I hate this for you. This isn't, this shouldn't be legal. Meanwhile, none of the social worker, well, the social workers, they do speak English. None of the nurses there. None of the nurses or the people watching speak good English. None of them. And they're just abused constantly. So they don't want to give anyone the time of day. They don't care. So I made sure to be really nice to them. Um, I made a, rep- a repertoire with my, whatever that word is, with myself. So they recognize A me. reputation. Yes. <laughs> I got you. Um, um, yeah. And Every single day I would call my mom or I wouldn't, I would try to call her and I would fight with her and I would ask her to listen to me and she wouldn't fucking listen to me. So I said, all right, I'm going to have my, my best friend, Sarah, who I went to, uh, I went to elementary school with her. I've known her since I was four years old. She knows my story. She knows everything. She knows every detail about my life. She saved my mental in there. And I had her talk to the social workers. I had her talk to the doctors. I had her confirm my stories because Mm. they were what I was doing, how I got my money. Well, I made money off of stocks during COVID. Bullshit, you did, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I did. I'll fucking prove it to you, but you took my phone from me, so I can't prove anything to you. Oh my gosh, the trauma. You know, I always always talk about this in terms of like... um, so I watch a lot of horror movies and, you know, oh, it's a lot of horror movie. Worse. What? Well, I'm like, worse I always think about movie. how, like, you know, when people are like, when there's like, you know, people are possessed or there's demons or whatever, you know, and, and they're, everybody's like, oh, they're just crazy. Like, we're just going to medicate them and lock them up and stuff like that. And I'm always like, what if this stuff is true? Like, it's just like, right. you're in a cycle word and everybody's like oh uh, well, anything you say that doesn't sound normal they just push it off yeah right they and push I, it off they're like she must nuts. be must they be a delusion off. or yeah, it must be a delusion yeah and I had a lot of opportunities like I was I was hired to be the kids coach for Williamsburg for uh boys eight and under soccer awesome cool. but I went to the psych ward so I that was taken away from me oh and this was the second time that you went this is the second time. Third time is way more fun. Oh, I love oh, it. Good. I'm here. Okay. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up, folks. <laughs> Buckle up. Third time. I was like, you know what? Fuck everybody. I'm bored. 
I'm going to take off my shoes. I'm going to put on a tie dye rope and I'm going to go into the psych ward and I'm going to see my friends again. You walked right into the psych ward? Nope. I walked down the street and I went to three places all right next door to each other. I went to upstate stock where I spent, where I, I actually outfitted my entire um, apartment with their stuff. Great store. Love them. They're scared of me right now, but we'll repair that relationship soon. I walked in, I stole a coffee off the counter, walked outside and I dumped it, walked right next door to the gym, which was open, dropped all my stuff. And I did a lap, ran a lap in, in the rope. You're still in the rope, the rope. Then I went right next door to the gym to the bark park. Oh, I love bark park. I had like a couch or whatever. I broke in, it was closed and I took a nap. But I didn't really take a nap. <laughs> and I just, you're killing me. And I waited, I waited. They all showed up. Everyone from upstate, I think, was there. Everyone from the gym showed up. Some of them were laughing. I was listening to everything. Um, they had to peel me up from the ground. The ambulance was there. They put me in the ambulance. They wouldn't let me turn around. I was wearing a bikini. Um, it was a lot of men in the ambulance and I remember them. I was on, they uncovered the bikini. So my boobs were out. Oh no. Yep. And I heard a lot of shit. Um, they, oh, that they were poking, poking my eyes in the ambulance. They thought it was funny. There was a lot of fucked up shit that happened in that ambulance. There was a lot of fucked up shit. Kim, this is not, oh, this is a wild time. Yeah, it's a really wild time, but who am, where am I going to go with it? The so police did it. That's also valid. I go to the psych ward and I hang out there for, uh, they only kept, they only kept me for two days. <laughs> they were like, get her out of here. Or they were like, we know her. She's like part of the family here. I, like, I don't know. They, they tested my pee. They tested my blood. Everything was clear. They did it twice. They tested my blood twice. They made me pee twice. Everything was cleared. Oh my God. Then I was sent home. So wait, so you're, well, this is, so when you went into these three places and and in your, like you were con like you weren't sober you were like just totally normal. I mean, not normal. I don't want to use words like normal, but like you were just, you were doing it so that you could get committed. Yep. I wanted more attention. Okay. I wanted to see what I could do. And I and this did it. Was, this was like last month or September. Yep. So when my parents learned about it, they were like, oh, damn, she's tripping again. <laughs> oh, no. So what did they do? <laughs> I haven't seen them since July. Nothing. So after the third, after the third time of being there, you were released after two days and then you've been just chilling. Just chilling. Yeah. I produce comedy shows and I, um, <laughs> I support all my comedy friends and I am a mental health advocate and I really wanted to go in there and just make sure they were doing their jobs right. And they're not. You were like undercover boss. Yeah. And they're not. It's a terrible place. No one should ever be put in there. I think that you are probably not the only one who has that, that experience. I know 
that the system here in Philadelphia needs a lot of work. Oh, the hospital, Woodhall Hospital, Woodhall in Brooklyn, it's an absolute shit show. And it's probably killing people more than it is helping them. And that, that makes my blood boil, honestly. For a fact. Yep. Because there are so many places in this world that I think are probably that, that same experience. People are supposed to be there to heal and to get help and to get support. Oh, they are bored and they are given shots of Ativan in the arm to shut up. That's it. Okay. You know what you were saying? I'm, I'm certain that you are sharing other people's stories. Well, oh, yeah. I, know, I know that I am. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're an advocate. Story that has ever been in that hospital right now. I'm sharing their story. So that is mm. why, and this is another thing, why I love, sometimes I love this like fierce, like energy about you and about a lot of advocates is that people advocate because oftentimes because they are angry. Oh, I'm. Right. So they, you turn that anger into advocacy and how do you do that? Like, what are some of the things that you try to do as an advocate? So, I mean, I, I obviously share a lot of stuff on social media, but with my my comedy shows, we weren't, we weren't charging, but now we're starting to charge $5 at the door. And I was passing around a bucket when it was free, but now that we're charging, um, proceeds are going to go to NAMI. Some of the proceeds are going to go to Tommy. I still have to pay the comedians to some extent. Um, but with everything I do, I'm going to be raising money for Nami and donating to Nami. I wow. love that. And you know what? Like, I think that that is so special, right? Because people come to comedy shows sometimes, I'm sure, to escape, to get yes. out, to feel happy, to feel laughter. And I think that it could be a really healing space for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And I yeah, heard... I- I encourage all the comedians to talk about mental health. Yeah. There's so much content there. We so all, much. well, we had a, actually one of my best friends from high school was on um, the, a couple of episodes ago and he's a comedian. Um, and he, we talked about the fact that most, a lot of people use comedy as a way to deal with their mental health. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, like, the amount, like he even said what you just said, like the amount of material. Yeah. I could get up on stage and go on for days. I know. Yeah. I love that. But I think that that too, that brings so much awareness to the conversation and it like allows people to talk about mental health in a way that doesn't seem so like scary and taboo, yeah. you know, like I think what you're doing by doing these comedy shows and allowing your comedians to talk so openly about their mental health is could really change the narrative well, about I mean, mental health. Psych ward, and they're like, whoa, 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 you shouldn't tell people that. Why? Yeah. You don't know, you don't know why I was put there. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Literally for real. Like the amount of people that have this like preconceived idea of what someone living with a mental health condition looks like or is supposed to look like or whatever. I think people, a lot of people just don't have, they don't have any idea. Do you, have you ever heard the comedian and I love him so much and I feel like I talk about, but Gary Goulman. I've heard the name. Yes. He has a show. He put yeah. has a show that was on HBO that's called The Great Depression. And it's yeah. a yeah. one hour comedy special. It's amazing. And he was, he talks about being hospitalized. It's relatable. 
That's yeah. so relatable. <laughs> it's so, so good. Um, makes it funny. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. I love it. To laugh, right? Like we have to laugh. It's like, it's, it's, I, I remember sharing my story one time and I would like, I make jokes during it and stuff like that. And like, this woman was like, I hope one day you can see the, like the pain or, or the seriousness in your story. And I'm like, I saw it. I lived it. Like I, lived it. I have to laugh, you know, like it's, what else am I going to do? So yeah. I think it's important. Fucking let it go and just live. Let it go. Let Stop it go. Such a hard ass and just laugh. Well, we need more people like Kim in our life, ladies and gentlemen. Do we not? Like, can I get it? Can I get an amen from the people in the back? <laughs> I love it. So you are such a like fire, like an, it's a beautiful magic that you possess, Kim. And I think we are so grateful that you are on this podcast and we hope to see, like, I can't wait to hear more about you and to follow you and watch you do your thing. Thank you for letting me talk. Of course. You're amazing. I love. Yeah, that's the point. That's 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 like what we hope that all of our guests feel is that they just have an an opportunity to just let it out and share whatever you want to share. And we always like to end by doing two things. One, we'll find out where everyone can follow you and your awesome self. But before we do that, I'm going to ask you our closing question. Which is, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would you tell her? Just be yourself. Just be you. No one else really cares about other, no one, everyone is so focused on what they think someone else thinks of them. But if you really think about it, are you focused on that? You're focused on you. Everyone else is focused on themselves, not what you, you get what I'm saying. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. I love that advice. And it's something that never gets old. It's advice that I need to hear every single day. And it's something that I think everyone that's listening needs to hear. So thank you for saying that. Yes, absolutely. And And I'm so glad that you are yourself, Kim, because you are special. So are you guys. (laughs) <laughs> this has been one of my favorite episodes ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's been so great listening to you and your and like Carly said, your fire. Uh, it's so great to hear such passion behind everything you said. So that made me really happy. And where can people find you? So I um I'm on Instagram at a girl with three dogs, and I'm on Twitter with at Kim Sands underscore. Um, I'm not really on Twitter that much. It's usually just Instagram. But yeah. Yeah. And um, and you can find the, wait, so do you have three dogs? Oh God. My parents have the two dogs that I raised up in Syracuse because um, I was there during COVID and oh. they got rid of suburbia and they're a lot happier there. I don't want to take them from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I adopted a new puppy. Oh, months old and her name Jerry after Jerry Garcia <laughs> oh my god um, and she's wild and I love her so much yay oh my gosh 
I love I a good puppy. I think it's amazing that you follow the dead. My uncle was a deadhead and was hung out with Jerry yeah, back, and stuff. I went to uh, like 10 concerts in the pit. Nice. Wow. <laughs> going to Mexico in January. Let's go, Mexico. Mexico? <laughs> I'm so excited. That's so fun. I, um, well, I'm more of like a Taylor Swift fan. I don't think that she'll ever go to Mexico. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> she will. Um, well, so you can find the Yana podcast on Instagram at the underscore Yana podcast. We are Ooh. also now have a website, which is very, oh my God, the longest website in God's creation. <laughs> yes. But we are working on getting a shorter name. We're working on buying a domain name, but it's the F for now. It is the Yana podcast with Nami Philly dot wordpress.com. So, but we're in the show notes, folks. Just look at the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Just look at the show notes. And then you can always go to namiphilly.org or follow us on Instagram at NAMI Philadelphia or at NAMI Philly underscore ETS. So that is that. And Kim, thank you again so much. Thank you. Yes. You are so so great talking to you. To follow you and your shenanigans. (laughs) Your exploits. (laughs) Yes. It's a lot. I love it. No, never, never stop because you seriously are like you, someone is going to look at you and be like, this person here is so true to herself and that's admirable. So never let anyone tell you that you are too much. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You either. You're amazing. <laughs> Keep doing it. No, you, no, you are. No, you are. You are. You, you are. All right. All right. We're going well, to close up shop here and we'll, yeah. we'll talk to y'all later. If you or someone, you know, is in crisis, call the suicide and crisis lifeline at 988. Or you can text NAMI to the crisis text line at 741 741- 741 or go to nami.org for more information. Remember, you are not alone.